You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, City Farming, in which we discuss new ways to think about food systems in urban settings. Today, we'll talk about community action and riverbank cleanup with Tom Cull, volunteer coordinator at Antler River Rally. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Peggy. So nice to be here. Absolute thrill to have you here, Tom. Tom, let's start off with what is Antler River Rally and how did it get its name? Antler River Rally is a... Uh, grassroots community volunteer organization that organizes monthly cleanups of uh, the Thames River or Dashkan ZB, Antler River, in London in garbage hotspots all over the city. Uh, we usually stick to the waterways, but we do green spaces as well. We organize these cleanups, we invite the public to come, we give them gloves and bags and picker uppers and a safety talk and off they go and we lead the cleanups and then we get involved in all things kind of environmental ecological uh in the city of london uh especially as it pertains to the river and river health so how long has antler river rally existed and how did it actually come about you know it's a, it's a program now it's it's doing well you've got lots of you know, success behind you. But how did you how did you get it going once you had the idea? I think it was probably six or seven years ago uh, when we were really starting to think about more of not so much about environmentalism, but more about environmental justice and ecological justice and how it dovetails with questions of truth and reconciliation uh, and uh, indigenous treaty rights. Um, all of these intersecting issues you know, that are at the core of all the uh, all of our environmental concerns right now. Uh, those are inseparable. Uh, so uh, we wanted to uh, switch our name to Antler River to acknowledge the Anishinaabek uh, name uh, for the river, uh, Dashkan Zibi or Antler River, uh, because of the way the fork at the forks, the, the way that the branches converge, you know, um, um looks like from the air that antler of antlers of a deer so we wanted to recognize that because we we're also thinking you know what we're wanting to do is restore the river um and so we wanted to restore uh the name of the river at the same time right this is it's not like um I, I guess we weren't kind of re renaming the river. The river has always been known by that and, and, and continues to be known as that river. So we wanted to acknowledge that. But it started off as Thames uh, River Rally because, you know, we moved to London. Uh, and I say we, I'm talking about my partner, Miriam Love. And so that's how we kind of came together as a family was walking along the Thames Valley Parkway. I mean, this is one of the things that London has. It's this beautiful river that, you know, runs through our city and connects our city um, together. And um, so we would walk along it. You know, we just both really uh, notice both its beauty um, and its vitality, but also the amount of garbage uh, that was, you know, along its banks and, and in the watercourse itself. And I grew up on another river. I grew up kind of near um, in Treaty 29 territory, uh, Godridge, Wingham area. It was a pretty clean river that I grew up on and it ran through our property. And that's kind of been blue a blueprint in my mind. Uh, that I carry with me whenever I go. I, I try to find the waterways uh, whenever I move to a new place. 
seeing this river in this state really bothered me and bothered Miriam too. Um, and, uh, you know, as the story goes, I, I would complain a lot about it. And Miriam said, you know, one day, like we can, we, you know, instead of ruining our walks by complaining about the garbage, like maybe we should do something about it. And so we did, we started making connections with the city and partners who could supply us with garbage bags and picker uppers. We really, um, we took our cue from another cleanup group called the Thames River Cleanup. It's a once a year cleanup that happens all over the watershed. And it's organized by uh, a friend now, uh, his name is uh, Todd Sleeper. He's been doing it for years. And so it was once a year and, and, and we participated in that. And we said, this is great, but in London, we could be doing this once a month, probably once a week or probably, you know, almost every day picking up garbage. And so that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to take this great model that was out there and, and then reproduce it. Uh, but it was a way that we found each other and it's a way that we found our London and it's a way that we found our community and started building a community and sharing in the work. And in that work, uh, there's a lot of meaning and there's a lot of joy. You know, that is a great origin story. I think one of my favorite takeaways is uh, maybe we should do something about it and then going ahead and actually doing something about it. And on your Antler River Rally uh, website, it says, we believe that a healthy river is the lifeblood of a strong community. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think that, you know, to kind of start off with a very basic kind of idea that everyone, uh, I think, understands, which is water is life. Um, and that um, that has kind of become almost a cliche statement, but only because it's so true. The same water that runs through our veins is the same water that runs in the river. And um, it's all part of a giant cycle. And we cannot, uh, you know, continue to poison uh, the very ground and water that we depend on for our existence. And in so, and in doing so, also, you know, uh, uh, compromise the lives of all of the uh, plants and animals that we share this planet with, and we share these spaces with, and who have every bit as a right to exist and to thrive and to build their homes and to raise their families and to do the animally things that they do. We are, humans are animals after all as well. So that's a huge part of it. And so uh, the lifeblood of our communities as they are connected to one another are dependent upon this river. Uh, and those relationships are dependent, the health of those relationships. So thinking ecologically about our relationships with the land, with each other, with the plants, and with the animals, and it's all connected by water. What a, what a great reminder of uh, the interconnectedness of life and what ecology really, really is. And uh, you had mentioned water safety, and I, I would be remiss in talking about your program if I didn't ask you specifically about the safety of the people that participate. You had mentioned yeah. that before, how they've given protective devices and other things. So what are some of the things you do to make sure everyone's safe while cleaning up? One thing that I can offer, as having done this for many years, is as we've learned as we've gone, and I'm always happy to share, you know, the kind of safety protocols and the safety policies that we've that we've developed as we've done this work. Uh, so on our website, it says, you know, please wear closed-toed uh, shoes, uh, long pants. We do have to worry about ticks, 
Um, so if you wear long pants with your, your with your socks tucked in and you apply bug spray, which we bring, uh, uh, then you're pretty much covered, you know, uh, and then um, uh, and make sure that they hydrate and bring water because it can be a hot day. But then at the very beginning, then I gather everyone together and I say, look, at um, these are our safety concerns. So I give a bit of a talk. Now, if we're doing an area, I will have already scouted that area. Um, and to see the lay of the land and what is there. Um, so it's some very basic things about staying away from the water course and not being, you know, the water can be moving right now. Today, the water is very high and it's very uh, deep. So we could do a river cleanup, but we would just make sure that we were nowhere near the water itself. Like there's lots of garbage near, you know, but you have to be careful. And so you also have to be careful about, um, you know, sharp objects. Uh, if you're doing any kind of heavy lifting that you're making sure that you're taking care of your back and that other people are, uh, you know, with you so that they can help lift things, um, you know, sunscreen, uh, hydration. Um, and then of course there are like, you know, what are the hazardous materials that you might find? So if you can't identify something, don't pick it up. If you don't know what it is, come and get someone. We always find uh, needles when we're cleaning up the river. That's just part of what, uh, of, of the work that we do. I am trained as our, you know, a number of our core volunteers on safe needle recovery. We're, we're happy to train people if they're interested in, 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 in doing that. Um, but we might have a cleanup where we, where we find, you know, two or 300, uh, needles. And so we ask people to, we want people to know what they look like, how to identify them. And then we ask people not to touch them, but come and get the volunteers who are, we've designated as people who can collect those sharps. Uh, so those are just a few of the examples. I have a checklist of things that I go through every time when we do the cleanup. And then I, you know, I also scout the area because uh, it's not just about safety of the volunteers. Uh, I mentioned before that um, the uh, that um, there are a lot of encampments currently in London. Uh, so when we do cleanups, there we're usually in areas where people are camping rough. And so I, I like to scout those areas to know if there are encampments. Um, and I like to reach out to folks who are in those encampments and have a chat with them before we have a cleanup to let them know we'll be in the area, but we won't be in their spaces and we won't be touching their things. And we would be happy to take garbage away if they'd like us to. Um, uh, and then I have a talk at the beginning with our volunteers about respecting people's spaces and knowing that there might be camps in the areas so that uh, everyone's health and safety and welfare is looked after um, and that everyone is treating each other with, uh, you know, respect and dignity. So that's that's part of it, too. So lots of safety precautions, like right from the elements to social factors, making sure everybody's trained and um, not invading spaces that might be disappointing to someone and the sure. actual garbage, all of these things. So if you're considering a river cleanup, then definitely check out Antler River Rally if people are listening across Canada and elsewhere. And if you wanted to get some inspiration and some technique on how to keep everyone safe, certainly Antler River Rally has been very generous with all their information on their website. So that's fantastic. We'll learn more about not just Antler River Rally, Tom, but community action after the break. This is Food for the Future. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. 
Welcome back to Food for the Future. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. We've been speaking with Tom Call, Volunteer Coordinator at Antler River Rally, about keeping riverbanks clean and the importance of community action. Tom, before the break, we talked a lot about your program at Antler River Rally, but really is it, it's community action. And community action really means building relationships to pursue common goals, really to, to make a better life in an area. Why is this important to you? One of the reasons that that we, that Mary and I wanted to start this group is that we wanted to do something and we wanted to provide an avenue for people to take direct action. Thinking about really large issues like climate change, like biodiversity loss, like ecological injustice and environmental racism. And those can seem like very uh, looming and big problems. I think Timothy Morton calls them, you know, a hyper object, too big to get our minds around, right? And too big to kind of, and what it does is it turns us away. It makes us think, why bother? Um, And so, uh, but, you know, people are struggling. There's a lot of environment, ecological grief out there. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, And I think, you know, the best medicine for that is some sort of direct action where um, you're taking control of what you can take control of and what we can take can take control of uh, is the ground under our feet, right? And building new relationships with the land and the water. And then when you build those connections and build a community around that, uh, that makes the work um, lighter. It um, you know gives meaning to the work that you're doing. It fosters all kinds of cross pollination. The river it's a meeting place, right? So it's where a lot of good conversations happen. I, I think that the river and protecting our environment is a common ground that a lot of people share. And so I think that's why um, this work is you know important to me. And that's you know, that's the connection to the community. Wow. It, it deeply philosophic, really, um, what you offered, but the finding common ground. You know, we we find what we share, which is uh, life in water and wanting to do something about it. You had talked about a number of things that people are feeling and we can seem to uh, arrive at. I know I do some days. Well, what can, what can I do? But mm-hmm. certainly I could do something. Um, yeah. I might not be able to do it all. And if uh, communities uh, come together and do something, and every community does that, we're, we're going to put a dent in some of the things that we want to change. So it's why we um, we are doing this show. We try to bring the humanities. So history, remembering where we've been. You've talked a lot about our Indigenous uh, members of the human family today. Philosophy, been very philosophic dialogue, and also creativity. Like, okay, how can we... How can we, you know, uh, create our way out of some of the problems that we have Mm -hmm. today? So we're trying to bring that to today's food dialogue. And you have often, I mean, you may have already answered this, but is there anything further you wanted to add about how these ways of understanding the world um, relate to the work you're doing and keeping the riverbanks clean? I, you know, I guess I want to kind of respond to that, you know, your, 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 your um, comment about creativity. I, you know, as, as, a, as, as a poet, as a writer myself, and someone who teaches creative writing, uh, the environment is very central to my creative endeavors. Uh, and the, the creative work that I do in the environmental and the activism, those all converge. Those are all branches of the same river for me. 
um, uh, you know, in a time of crisis, in a time of, you know, uh, tackling, you know, real problems, we need creative thinking. Those those are the same wellsprings. So I I, I really appreciate, um, you know, thinking about these and these questions of bringing philosophy. I, I have to share with you that I was, you know, some people have said to us before, like, does it ever get disheartening to go back to the same places? Because we do, you know, we've been doing this 11 years and we go back to the same spot sometimes four times a year four times a year, you know, over those years. And it feels yeah. like we are picking up the same Tim Hortons cup. We are picking up mm. the same garbage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, don't you ever get disheartened? And it's like, yes, we do get disheartened. <laughs> we do feel it. And it does, it, you know, it reminds me, Miriam and I laugh about, you know, and we think about the myth of Sisyphus that, you know, the person that was condemned to rolling, uh, rolling that rock, up the mountain, you know, and, and, and having to continue it. And as soon as it gets up to the top, rolling back down again. Um, but, you know, to talk a little bit more about philosophy, I mean, this is, this is, you know, when reading Camus and, you know, Camus paper about, about, uh, you know, about that and about the absurdity of it. There was this part where he talks about, um, yeah, you do this work, right? You do this work and it's repetitive and it feels like we're locked into this condition of, you know, repeating and repeating and repeating. But he also said there's something heroic about Sisyphus and the fact that every time that rock, you know, falls back down to the ground again, he turns and looks at that rock and then just accepts his fate and, you know, goes down there determined to do it again. And there's something about that kind of determination, right? And that also, you know, he was he was punished for defying the gods. And I think that we need to defy the gods a little bit, a little bit. And what I mean by that is we, you know, are in a society that is telling us to ceaselessly consume, uh, answer your problems with more, more stuff, more consumerism, more of these things. I think we need to kind of defy those things. And in this kind of work, you know, it is it is frustrating, but there is meaning in it. And in that there is also joy. And the one thing that's different is that with Sisyphus, he was alone. And in our community, we're not alone. We're we're all doing that lifting together and lifting that rock. And it might roll down again. And if that happens, we go down there and we pick it up and we carry it up again because you know, that we know it's the right thing to do. And I'm certainly not saying this to try and turn me into a hero or the work that we do. This is the work of environmentalism writ large. This is what you're doing. This is what we're all doing in the face of some pretty stark and dark futures. But we do it because there is joy in it. There is. And there is something, you know, you had, uh, thanks for bringing the arts to the dialogue and and talking about some great writers and thinkers. And there is something about, we learn about responsibility in doing, a, a, a you know, maybe a mundane or a repetitive task, but purpose powers through all of that. And I think that's one of the things that the arts and humanities do. It unifies us. You talk to you're not alone when you're doing the Antler River Rally, certainly now after 11 years and 200 people showing up a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sure there's more coming uh, across the next uh, rallies that it really is. Um, it is in some ways unifying. And, and we discover, like you said, a joy and a happiness beyond the mundane that seems to be outside whatever the mainstream ideas. You talked about a lot of consumption that we're not really finding happiness there, that rediscovering this community and connection is just wonderful, said perfectly by a poet and a creative writer. So thank you very much for that, Tom. Do you have anything that you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? I'm just going to share one final thing, and that is 
my gratitude to you, but also my gratitude um, to all of um, the Indigenous knowledge keepers that I have sat with over the last 10 years who have dramatically shaped what I have been saying here today. I mean, I just invoked uh, kind of European philosophical uh, thinker, um, but uh, obviously tens of thousands of years of Indigenous thinking about relationship to the land and uh, relationship to one another, that really has informed my thinking and also the idea of gratitude. That is really what I have benefited from and what I want to acknowledge and share uh, with your listeners. Um, because no matter where you are in the world, thinking through these issues with a mind to Indigenous rights and justice is important. So thank you. You're very welcome. And indeed, miigwech to um, the Indigenous members of our human family and to you as well, Tom, for bringing that forward today. Thank you so much for our not just encouraging, but um, life-giving conversation today, Tom. And congratulations to you and the whole team and all the network and the entire community at Antler River Rally for all your successes and more importantly, for all those yet to come. Thank you so much, Peggy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Tom Call, Volunteer Coordinator at Antler River Rally about keeping riverbanks clean and community action. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. How could you keep our rivers and waterways clean? Something to do? Visit antlerriverrally.ca to learn about ways one community is keeping its riverbanks free from garbage and debris in a safe manner. Next week on the show, we return to the series Back to the Future. We'll be speaking with Jason O'Neill, President of the Middlesex Federation of Agriculture about farming professional practice, preserving farmland, and springtime on the farm. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.